You are now listening to The Seedcast. This week on The Seedcast, Andrew Nault and Julia Luft welcome photographer and consultant Stephanie Chang to the show. Currently working out of New York City, Stephanie's list of clients spans Levi's, Nike, Starburst, and Red Bull, to name only a few. In this episode, Stephanie speaks on how oil painting, architecture, and computer science transformed into a photography career. She also discusses the importance of shooting with intention, spacing out your energy to protect your well-being, and the darker influences that challenge and push her creative work. So without further ado, episode 19 with photographer and consultant Stephanie Chang. Enjoy. All right, welcome back to the Seedcast, everyone. This is, of course, Andrew Nault hanging out with Julia Luft. Hello. And today we are very excited to have photographer and consultant Stephanie Chang on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hello. <laughs> yes, pleasure. Um, so we always like to start out with where you started out. When did you start taking your work seriously, if there was a, a moment? Oh, it's a long process. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started off doing architecture and computer science at USC out in California. Yeah. Um, and I remember I just, you know, I, there were many aspects I enjoyed, um, but then there were many that I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of complained to friends like, oh, like, like, I'm so tired and I'm not happy. And like, cause you know, it's one thing to be tired and happy with your work or tired and unhappy with what your, how your career path is going. Right. So then one thing I remembered was, I was always, we were making these 3D models and I was always like really happy to photograph the models in the studio. Mm-hmm. So like all of our projects and like different lighting and yeah. And I, I, some of my friends didn't want to do it. So I was like, oh, I'll photograph your projects for you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I ended up leaving USC and came to the East coast. I was like taking some time off and I was like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do this. Like I'm so bored staring at a screen, which I'm still staring at screens, but <laughs> <laughs> unavoidable more, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. More enjoyable. <laughs> but um came to the East Coast and I did assorted types of photography jobs, like fashion assisting. I did photojournalism for like newspapers outside of Boston. Um mm-hmm. I did oh I guess right before that I did a bunch of uh concert photography for like DJs and my friend Liz Liz Tillman. She brought me on a lot of like electronic events. So okay. I had the whole stint doing doing event photography, and it was like like one of our big projects was like Dead Mouse, who was like the, well, the electronic king. Right. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> but um, after a lot of that, I just realized, okay, like the one thing I like doing is kind of well, at least it started off like storytelling and but also with like a flair of like crazy colors and like mm-hmm. different aspects of quote unquote fashion, which is like, okay, there's like an appreciation for textiles and appreciation for like lighting aesthetics. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. I also read somewhere that um, you did painting before photography as well. 
Yes. <laughs> in Sick. high school, uh, my ideal career path was oil painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved doing it, painting of all sorts, because my mom is an oil painter. Cool. Um, yeah, but my dad is a computer engineer for <laughs> IBM at the time. Yeah. So um, it was kind of like a clash of worlds. My dad mm-hmm. was like, oh, no daughter of mine is going to be an artist. And I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which has changed more recently. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he told me he was proud of me a few years ago. <laughs> That's what's up. That's awesome. <laughs> so do you feel yeah. like the the painting aesthetic has had an influence over how you work now with a camera yes definitely because in painting um you know you're you're fitting a whole story you're fitting different planes of focus into one frame Mm -hmm. and i would say a lot of people sometimes like given like how easy it is to buy a camera they don't think about it they just like ah just like trigger happy just like yeah. You know, shooting every like, direction. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so important to like whatever your purpose of photography is, whether it's, you know, street photography or portraits with friends or for clients, um, mm-hmm. like making an intentional photo, like taking care of foreground, background, your subject, lighting, mm-hmm. everything. And that is like, you know, a lot of that stemmed from the. One of the most fundamental, um, I guess, like physical art mm. mediums. Um, and yeah, you have to like mix your own colors and like care about thickness, care about like how like dull and bright your hue, saturation, value, all of that. And I think that's important in right. photo, um, which especially when, if people retouch their own photos, it's not just like, ah, I'm making people beautiful or whatever like you want to bring out lights and darks in it and Mm -hmm. yeah so it's definitely lived through my photography which i'm very grateful and like obviously when my mom sees my work she she judges it based on like oil painting standards that's such a (laughs) cool layer to have though because like i feel like i mean color is obviously very important but i feel like you use it in a way that um it adds a completely different dimension to it um and so how (laughs) yeah um it it brings like a lot of energy um how I mean I know you talked about um intention but like how calculated is that like do you do color studies or do you like play around before you go into the shoot or is it more of an explorative process when you're on set um, so that, yeah. So I have like my two sides of the brain, right? Like my mom's a little painter, my dad's a computer science person, human. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So like I was raised like both methods very evenly. Um, mm-hmm. So now my process is a little bit different than a lot of photographers, which like sometimes I see it, but I sketch out all of my like shot, shot lists. You know, I, I reference a lot of, like, body forms when there are models involved, um, and then I, I sketch them out. I imagine the lighting in different settings, and if I do get a pre-light day for clients, which is the day before a shoot, they have the studio booked, and, like, me and assistants can kind of experiment with, like, how exactly we want to do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but sometimes my, my clients and assistants see, like, my crazy notebook of just, like, like sketch 
bitches and just like they're like yeah. what's that i'm like no nope, don't worry about it <laughs> i know what's happening and yeah. that's all that matters <laughs> yeah yeah this is just inside my brain <laughs> yeah. so you only started really using a camera in your 20s or something like that um i did a few classes in high school and i got very mm-hmm. very into it but i was also occupied with like the SATs and like oh my god <laughs> I, I did a bunch of science fairs which I like went pretty far I like got like, international medal <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah so it was like my life was so scattered I didn't have direction in life but mm-hmm. luckily my parents made me very well-rounded so they were just mm-hmm. like you're gonna try everything you have to do it I'm like I'm tired <laughs> That's so cool. yeah um but yeah I remember being like the teacher's pet in photo class. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then like the architecture photo thing happened when I was like 17 or 18, oh, okay. like fr- yeah. fresh freshman year and then took some time off from school and then it's like, okay, mass art is the time like mm. going to do mm-hmm. photo. And I, I knew mass art had, a more traditional teaching method it was you know all analog and i like looked up all the professors work which is like <laughs> ocd i was just like i want to see everybody's work and like how mm-hmm. what their teaching method is um and i was like okay i like this program mm-hmm. i think this will nurture a side of me which i haven't gotten from outside experience mm. um and yeah it worked out pretty well <laughs> <laughs> i would say so <laughs> did you always have uh like fashion photography and beauty photography in mind when you went into that? Or is that something that kind of developed as you were photographing? It developed. Um, I think in the midst of me trying a lot of things, I was invited to New York Fashion Week. I Mm. think at this point, I think eight years ago. (laughs) Uh, It's been a while. Um, Yeah. And then, it was a world that was never really part of, um, because growing up, I was pretty, you know, like grew up in like a poor place in Texas and then, right. um, like clothing and aesthetics and visuals, like, like just, yeah, clothing wasn't really an important aspect. Um, mm-hmm. it was just like, look decent. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, when I went to fashion week, uh, I mean, there was just, seeing how crazy people were about textiles and like how intentional color is and Mm -hmm. like a fragment of a shade like it would drive a designer wild and I was like that is a full new appreciation for you know just it's not just looking at stuff but feeling it and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. how it moves and you know I, I kind of flashed onto that and I was like okay I'm gonna investigate this more (laughs) I just feel like fashion is like, and photography too, like fashion photography specifically, it's just, it's very uh, like encompassing. There are just so many different elements. Do you like having like all of those different elements that go into decision-making or do you like focusing on one aspect of uh, the photo that's coming out? A large part of that now I have to leave to, you know, like designers and like Mm -hmm. production people and um, like, like my clients Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but in an ideal world that'd be cool (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah, i mean when i work on my personal projects and collaborate with friends um we do all kind of bounce ideas and like okay like what kind of clothing style should you know 
would match our vision and then you can like reach out to designers and be like, Oh, are you interested in doing this? Like just for fun project with us. And so, I mean, in those settings, it's definitely more curated to like what we personally like for um, like fully rather than, you know, working in a plain words just for, for clients. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're working with friends, like, do you start with a concept or are you exploring like a technical aspect? Like, what is it about the like vision that you're usually latching onto and trying to explore in the personal work? I think um, both experimental and also technical concept, because I try to I try to keep myself challenged. um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not making like similar, like super dupe. Like, obviously, I want to keep like a thread of the style but right. don't want to make like repetitive stuff all the time mm-hmm. so um I am always looking for like experience sometimes I experiment with new techniques and stuff like in my apartment or like you know I have a half day off I'm like okay what can I do mm-hmm. <laughs> but um when a project like that is coming together I'm like okay so these are the styles and like the techniques I want to try like I make like a mood board send it to like if I'm collaborating with a makeup artist or um, a video Mm -hmm. person, I'm just like, how can we incorporate everybody's two cents Mm. like relatively equally and like make it cohesive and make it like Mm -hmm. just, you know, having like a too much of a mishmash (laughs) would would look Mm -hmm. a little wild, which sometimes works, but Mm. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So it's experiment kind of winging it kind of planned. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the best way to make things. Yeah. Yeah. To plan enough so that you can still wing it a little bit you know yeah and like you want to give flexibility for just like off right. that creativity so yeah. right yeah so uh i was noticing in some of your work there's this kind of like ink spill vibe happening there was uh, a particular shot i think it's um it's like a reddish color is that like an in-camera thing or is that are you doing that after the fact it's it's in post. <laughs> it's in post. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a bunch of tricks that I do in real life, but um, I do like to incorporate a digital aspect. Um, mm-hmm. I I've been <laughs> playing around with Photoshop since I was around I think thirteen fourteen. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of my tricks. Because um, I very cool. Yeah, I think when I was taking that photo. Uh, just imagining in my brain, like, oh, like, like how I want to edit it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of a start-to-finish, like, brain-churning. Because I, I don't like making pictures and being like, oh, this is too boring. And mm-hmm. then trying to remedy it after. Because that, that feels yeah. like I'm, I'm doing a half-ass job. <laughs> right. Like, you wanted to yeah. inspire you the whole way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also did see that you were inspired a lot by Japanese horror, which I think is super fascinating. Yes. Um, when did that like start or like, has that just always been an interest of yours? It's, it's, it's been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so as, as a kid and a teenager, my parents were very, uh, conservative and like you know they didn't let me watch pg-13 movies mm-hmm. after i was 13 <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and all of my you know reading and everything was curated by my parents mm-hmm. but um one thing i discovered in the library was like horror manga um which i was like oh 
this is so intriguing. Like mm. it's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like and there's like zombie ladies and like um yeah, and up to that point, you know, my childhood experience had been wrapped up in like princesses and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know women being saved and suddenly i'm reading these books where like women are so spooky <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they have this like terrifying like supernatural power um and like you, you know i was drawn to the psychological aspect of like oh like as you progress to read the story you find out like why they're like that and it's often you know, either vengeance or like something they can't let go of. And then mm-hmm. often at these, you know, at the end of these storylines, there is a catharsis. Um, and I think that reflects human nature as a whole very well. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, same with these in these mangas, like things don't always happen as planned. Sometimes things don't make sense um, because like, you know, the start of the, I don't know if you guys read manga, but sometimes it's just like, it starts off with a student like going to school or something. And yeah. then suddenly right. like this like crazy thing happens and like life is like that. And then learning to deal with, you know, personal emotions and like developing personal emotions as like age and time goes on. Um, so there's, there's that, but also like spooky ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a genre that, well, just horror in general. Like, I'm very similar. I wasn't allowed to watch PG-13 movies or whatever. And then I remember one day I just started absorbing horror and I couldn't stop. And it's been that way ever since. I still can't stop. And I feel like it's like there's a human element to it that Mm -hmm. doesn't exist in some other parts of entertainment or art that, like cuts you down to the core like almost immediately yeah. and like i ironically i find just this type of stuff more realistic than like the princess movies that i oh, definitely totally parents showed me just like okay well sleeping beauty sleeps for eternity and then like a guy kisses her while she's like sleeping <laughs> like okay <laughs> <Checks> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that happens right. yeah and, yeah <laughs> well it does it does but it's like okay that's like not I don't like that. <laughs> no. Not a story uh, I want to subscribe to. Snow White being pushed around by people like, okay, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pass. <laughs> but that's like, it shows through your work so well. Like, you sent me your influences and I was like, yep. Like, it's just, it's it's so cool how, like, eloquently it, you translate your your influences, but it's still like very much distilled through your own lens. Uh, Mm -hmm. Was there like a point in time where you felt like you arrived at like where you photographed and you were like, that's it. Like, that's me. Or um, do you feel like it was just there when you picked up the camera? Um, I think it was there internally, but I didn't know how to translate it well, because Mm -hmm. like prior to that, I was, just doing assorted photo jobs, which were great fields, like photojournalism and like concert photography and stuff. But mm-hmm. realized through those, you know, I was telling other people's stories, which is appropriate for some purposes. But then when I was making my own work, I just unhappy with, you know, the final folder. And it's like, okay. And then which helped when I went to art school because mm-hmm. The first film camera that I shot on was a four by five field camera. So it's mm-hmm. like four, the film 
her image was four inches by five inches, like on this chunky, you know, cool. <laughs> like thing I've never seen. <laughs> and then, yeah, it forces you to slow down and then just, you know, you can't have 40, 50% intention. You got to have a hundred percent because that mm. her image is going to cost you 20 something dollars <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> to develop and like, yeah, and scan it just, you know, and then once I think I cried for the first few weeks <laughs> of, <laughs> <that> right, <laughs> of making these pictures because I would develop them and like stick them on a wall and be like, I don't see myself in it and I mm-hmm. hate it. And then mm-hmm. I went to my professor and I was like, I hate myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then that's um, so real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he made me do certain assignments. There was one week where he started curating projects based on each person's, you know, weaknesses and strengths. Whoa. Mm. And my assignment was, uh, and I think we ended up all getting this assignment was photograph your friends and transform them. Whoa. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds like like a great professor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was really cool. Um, because, I think at that point I was starting to draw and sketch out because mm. um, mm-hmm. I, I was like a little nervous, <laughs> social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't just like fumble in front of them. So I have to have a laid out plan. So mm-hmm. if I get nervous, I can just look mm-hmm. at it. Um, and then, yeah, I messaged a few of my classmates and be like, can I, can I transform you? And they're like, we've never been photographed before, but okay. And then one of them um, was my classmate, Rose Bennett. Um, and just like, yeah, I guess I'll have my picture taken for the first time by like <laughs> right, right. her portraits. And she's my, she's still my muse. So mm. <laughs> I got to <laughs> crystal and yeah. <laughs> do you still photograph them now? Um, yes. So Rose is my partner in crime for when we <laughs> visit abandoned places. She's, mm. she's more of a conceptual, like still photographer, um, like she likes taking fragments of like nature and like man-made abandoned objects and like having the dichotomy of that. Um, mm-hmm. So then while she's doing that, I bring a bag of clothes. <laughs> but just, I'm like, <laughs> this, this is it. Like she's usually photographing while I sit on a rock or something. I'm drawing my pictures. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Crystal, Crystal's kind of my like, Oh, I had a nightmare. Uh, please come over. <laughs> Very cool. We have to recreate it, which has happened so so many times. That's Just like so cool. Please, are you free tonight? Like, I got a bottle of wine. We can share and like, can we just create stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually, during beginning of quarantine, I photographed her virtually, which was fun. Whoa! Whoa. How yeah. does that work? I I saw that some people were taking. Uh, just zoom pictures of mm-hmm. people in their apartments like as fashion photos um i saw this like jacquemus campaign of bella hadid and i was like these are so boring because <laughs> it was mm. her in front of a webcam just holding a purse <laughs> and those were the ad campaigns i was like okay i wonder how i can take this challenge and make it as interesting as possible mm. and also make it not look like the medium. Um, And and then, yeah, I spent, I think, an hour and a half setting up in my room. And I was like, okay, Crystal, 
I'm going to, I guess I'm revealing my secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I had her on Zoom, which was the highest quality I realized. Like FaceTime, not really. Zoom, mm. somehow amazing. Um, and I projected her on literally a movie projector to all these surfaces, fabrics, and torn up paper I had. Mm like Whoa. taped all over my wall. That's so cool. um, and then I would take an actual camera and I would photograph those projections. Mm. That's awesome. Her. That's yeah, so and cool. <laughs> and she had like, she had cool lights in her, in her home. So I was like, okay, so I want you to put it this way. Um, mm-hmm. I need you to like, look this direction. And then, so it was her with lights on zoom projected on a movie projector on all these surfaces and i was taking like kitchen glasses like water glasses like through my camera taking Mm -hmm. pictures of (laughs) just ultimate chaos for like a whole night and Mm -hmm. i think we ended up like two or three in the morning (laughs) (laughs) awesome Um, yeah so that was a cool quarantine project with with my muse from you know bajillion miles away (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's so cool uh yeah yeah are they always spontaneous or are there like long-term projects that you have in the back of your brain that you're like waiting for the time to like fully execute? Um, yeah, I have a lot of those sketches in my notebooks, um, things that I don't feel like I can find the right person for, or I'm still looking for a designer to like match that aesthetic or yeah. Cause, cause I do, I do love ex- executing um, my ideas randomly but also like okay i want to factor in you know the full potential for the textiles and the clothes and the face that represents it um yeah i'm curious uh you said that part of your start in photography was in concert photography did that type of lighting have an influence over how you work now oh totally Um, you're on point yeah (laughs) i think i can Um, definitely see it after you mentioned it yeah yeah um one of the struggles I had in the beginning of that was because um, the strobe lights and the lasers, like that mm-hmm. doesn't always translate well, especially at whatever frame rate you're choosing. Mm-hmm. I guess frame rate shutter. Uh, yeah, if I'm shooting at like one over like, a thousand <laughs> at, you know, that's that's not going to work because mm-hmm. you want to be able to capture the light like hitting at the right moment, but it won't be fast. Like your shutter could be too fast to capture the whole stream of light. Um, There's just like so many speeds with it. Like sometimes if you take a, I take a photograph of like my kitchen light, it'll just show a bunch of bars and yeah. So I had to learn how to factor in um, like timing really well. Mm -hmm. And like that plus like, the position of the dj either sometimes being stationary or just like moving around mm-hmm. um it was a really big challenge which definitely in my work just like okay I, the light has to be perfect it has to be at the mm-hmm. you know yeah it all goes back into the kind of the painting thing okay which is like under like light and, and painting but now i have like the essence of time mm-hmm. um yeah also capturing the proper moment like you can envision the portrait of the DJ or artist musician that you want. But if you want the light in a certain way, you got to just like, you do have to do like the quick succession of pictures <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. and do it until you achieve it. And then, then you can move on. Cause 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go through a whole concert and you're just like, ah, like, and then you see your final <laughs> folder. You're like, okay, none of these are correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's how I concert. think of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny. They give out like, you know, some of those shows, they'll give out like 30 or 40 photo passes mm-hmm. and then you'll see all the photos and like one person, I feel like got it. You know, they were in the yeah. right spot. They knew how to shoot the light. Like it's yeah. a, it's a huge gamble. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's really fun though. <laughs> yeah. With concert photography specifically, I mean, the, the way that you talk about it technically, it's just, it, it's so much to take into account while you're trying to capture these fleeting moments that have so much energy. And it's like, it just seems like such a tall order um, yeah. to like, try and get the right moment, try and like make sure all the tech is dialed in. Um, and it, it sounds like you're really good at continuing to challenge yourself. Do you feel like it's still there, it, it, like challenging you in the commercial work or is that just dialed in, you just, you're able to just execute? Right now in, in my stills world, I feel like I can just execute. Sometimes I'm a little burnt out. Um, which mm-hmm. is a given for all artists on any medium. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, but my New Year's goal is um, shooting uh, shooting video. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've done a few, I guess, beauty video concepts, but um, I want to, like, my, my challenge is to learn to take that element of time and actually be a tangible thing i'm not just Mm -hmm. kind of flattened in the layers of photo which i love but um yeah and then other challenges is you know i I collaborate with friends make personal projects and like okay how can we do something that hopefully has never been seen Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the past year at least (laughs) right but yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting with this element of time. We we talk about it a lot um, and like the way that time translates in all these different mediums because like Andrew is a musician and so the time is like pretty linear and through like paint, it's like a physical layering. Um, and I feel like through your personal work, the images that have like multiples and sort of the the way that you blur things, it's it definitely has that translation of time. Um, is that something that you think about before going in or is that just a product of the way that you shoot? I have to think about that going in because um, like sometimes even like in camera blur, I have to be like, okay, I'm going to slow this down to this, to this degree. And then right. the lighting matters. Cause like I often just work with strobes and that's just like a last second. But like, for example, in some of my images I'll have, you know, a super slow shutter speed and then blasting light in a certain way. And then I like move my camera in certain directions. So it mm-hmm. causes like the streak of, of the person's portrait. Well, you can still see distinctly their face and their, their form, but then there's like blur images, which kind of looks like a ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I have to think about before going in because technically you can't achieve, you can achieve that kind of in, in post-production, but it looks mm-hmm. fake. Right. Um, it's right. more natural and genuine when you do it in real life and you, you take the physical challenges of like, how, how do I achieve this and do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't fully want to rely on, on post-production because I think it takes the fun out of it. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, yeah, and then recently I did um, a shoot for Red Bull, which was um, (laughs) um, basketball portraits of Jamad Finn, who is a brilliant Mm. young Somalian basketball, American Somalian basketball player. And yeah, I, I wanted to do the element of time, which the light constraints were pretty low and like also capturing the speed of how fast she is. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, I, I had a image in my head in one of my sketches of like, okay, like I want to make, take multiple images in succession and have them layered on top of each other in like the most flattering form to show like the movement of her hijab and her mm-hmm. arms. And yeah, so definitely everything is, is pre-thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. 75 or 60% pre-thought. 40% winging it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like you take the shot and you're like, okay, gambling, it might not be the perfect shot. I'm going to do one more, but mm-hmm. you can't, you can't take like a whole roll of like, you know, 36 shots of just like the same picture, which people do in the digital world. Um, which sometimes I see as kind of frustrating. Uh, yeah. Cause I know everyone has their own process, but it just, mm-hmm. it really takes, intention and the fun and even yeah. i guess the art aspect out of it um i worked right. in a very large studio here in new york um like full-time and you would see these high-profile photographers for very large campaigns just like <laughs> and then like at the end of the day like they're they blasted through a, you know a one tv hard drive <laughs> right right with all the same photo (laughs) yeah yeah and even for you know some of them do shoot film and one time i saw just you know they obviously have the budget for it but Mm -hmm. i think they shot through like like 200 rolls of film oh my god oh my gosh (laughs) yeah and given that was you know a 12-hour day and sometimes it's a two-day shoot but like that's that's like the cost of the film and then it's about yeah. like seven to ten dollars depending on where you go per roll of film Ooh. just to develop and mm-hmm. then you gotta pay for it to be scanned mm-hmm. and then you gotta have someone like look through all these huge files oh my god for yeah you're like <laughs> to pick through and like in the end you know this large yeah. company is only using what, like five or six pictures and it's like okay something doesn't quite make sense right like why why give yourself the extra work of weeding through it after the fact you know like when you could just be intentional about it from the get-go right yeah yeah you know hot girl on a bed like (laughs) (laughs) when i'm working digitally i definitely treat it as if i were working to tape so if i don't like what was recorded or somebody's like, oh, I screwed up that part. I just delete the whole thing and it doesn't exist anymore so that I don't have to weed through it later. So that they're not like, can we listen to what I did like 30 takes ago? No, we can't because we decided it wasn't good. And then we <laughs> delete it. Gone. <laughs> yeah, it is gone. But like, how do you find that balance between being intentional and having things be too precious? Cause like, that's something that I'm also learning. And like, I, mm. I also really love oil painting and I, sometimes I need to slow down. And so oils are helpful in that sense. Mm-hmm. But sometimes because it's like such a technical medium, you have to think 
through it a lot and sometimes it feels too precious. So like, where do you find that balance between intention and not letting it be too precious? Um, elaborate on being too precious. <laughs> um, if there was a point in time where I felt like everything that I worked on had to be like the next great thing that I made where like mm. the next piece has to be the masterpiece. I was like afraid to fuck it up as I was working on it. Or I was like afraid to like deviate from the original vision or like I was just too focused on like achieving a singular result. And so like it was like going through like thumbnails and color studies and like mm. trying to imagine what this is going to look like before it even exists. It yeah. becomes too precious because you like have it already planned out in your brain i i don't know i feel like there's like a line do you uh how do you find that yeah this is actually very <laughs> very important for me too mm -hmm. um yeah i had to learn how to go with the flow and also accept that i'm doing the best i can sometimes um and also learn when to cut my losses for certain things um mm -hmm. and kind of OCD when I was growing up um everything had to be perfect and like thing I mean still kind of I am things have to be lined up in a certain way um my parents have you know a more more severe OCD but um and like you know that always doesn't always look good in certain situations so I've had to you know bite my tongue and if I'm on set and something goes wrong I can't be you know just driven on that specific point, especially if we have a limited amount of time and right. there are other people involved. It's not just like me and my apartment doing this mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to learn to pull myself back um, out of professionalism and out of, you know, if I start being unreasonable and I start, um, you know, not being able to be a functioning member of the team, it influences the whole psyche and the whole mood yeah. um so i have i've learned to let it go on certain things and just like okay this is the best we could do like we've been fumbling with lighting for like 25 minutes we have to move on right. um or else nothing's gonna get done yeah. um and but in an ideal world if i was an isolated island <laughs> um like similar when i'm doing my own like freeform projects in my apartment at four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i still some parts of that still comes out like fumbling being like okay no this isn't right keep going keep going okay sun is coming up i'll do this tomorrow mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i think i'm just forced into it now mm. because mm -hmm. of all the external elements um right. which i'm sure is like like on an oil oil painting if it's not for a client like you, you you're like okay i still have more time in this like i want to which is same same when i'm at four in the morning like no, I got. I, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, uh, at least for me, urgency is always important and definitely translates in the final product in terms of the energy that people feel afterwards. Um, yeah. So I I do feel like, especially when looking at a lot of your work, uh, there's an energy to it that feels like you made choices and it was like, whether it was what you planned or not that element of, you know, time spent is still there and there's still like a, like a, we have to do this feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Which I'm sure you, you guys get to is um, like understanding timeline at the degree where 
you're like back in school you like sometimes you whip something up at the last minute and like that's fine but now especially if you know you're making a painting for a client and making a track that has a deadline like you want to equally space out your energy and you know you're planning for it not just like oh i'm gonna wing it for you know half of it and then like freak out at the end um we need to have it so evenly distributed to keep our sanity also yeah big time yeah Yeah. do you know heather mcgrath she's another photographer who's in boston Mm. um i feel like your muses kind of exist in similar worlds where they're kind of menacing but they're also but they're (laughs) like i don't know they're they're these like dark beautiful like female villains almost and um do you create characters in your brain or is it like more driven by the muse or the narrative how do you arrive there half and half um Mm -hmm. because the muse definitely is important the way they have certain expressions and the way their eyebrows are (laughs) um and then other times i have you know, I have a whole month where I'm like, oh, I want to do this concept. And yeah, I guess it's just inspired by very different things and also the environment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, w- with Crystal, sometimes we're out in a field in the middle of New Hampshire. Or like, yeah, one of the things was we were in a parking lot of a spooky bowling alley. <laughs> Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, like hours away. And then other times... Some things are more of an ethereal setting, but I'm like, okay, but but scary girl. <laughs> um, yeah, and I would say some of it does go back to Disney. <laughs> I hate to Whoa, say it. Okay. But, um, yeah, in a lot of those princess stories that I mentioned, I didn't mm-hmm. like the, the princess storyline. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they're good people, but whatever. <laughs> but, then, but then the villains are so much more complex because right. you know, for a lot of them, they've endured either psychological duress or um, a past that you know has like caused them a lot of pain or hurt or jealousy that contribute to like to their actions and to their appearance. And mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of see it in the way they're depicted too, um, mm-hmm. which like plus the Disney artists are talented as hell. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I, I think I would always pay attention to the villains mm-hmm. um, because their character development is always more than yeah. the princess. Mm-hmm. You wonder about their childhood sometimes. Well, at least yeah. I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you wonder why they're why they're they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Why why do they want to look like you know huge lady in a cloak with horns? And that that goes with like oh they want to be powerful and intimidating, which some maybe they didn't have when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I make that in my work. Um, I guess one one of my professors mentioned is that sometimes I make self-portraits in other people. Mm. That's super rad. Yeah, a lot of parts of my life I feel like I didn't have power and didn't have control. And, you know, there are painful memories Mm -hmm. where I want to... I wish I could erase. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but, you know, in stories and reality, it's becomes part of us 
um, mm-hmm. and continues to influence us in a certain way. And yeah, when I make these pictures, it does, it makes my subject look powerful and it makes me feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's empowering to look at it, mm-hmm. it. There's, there's a lot of that energy of like overcoming and like just that, that tension of like bad things have happened, but this is what it is. And I am what I am. And it just, it, it definitely carries through the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the villains are more interesting because it introduces more time to their story, yeah. right? Like you don't feel much for somebody who, you know, in the Disney characters like pristine and like mm-hmm. feels like they had everything handed to them. I always say that it's like, I want to look at art that feels like someone had some dirt under their fingernails, you know? <laughs> yes. It's like when you go yeah. into a brand new building and it's sterile and, you know, you feel nothing when you're in there. But then you go yeah. into something that's abandoned or run down or old and you can see where people spent their time. And I, yeah. I think it, yeah. it definitely changes the way that you perceive a character or an image when you can sense the time. Yeah. And also, yeah, going back to the Disney thing, it's just you don't want something that's always, you know, demure and kind of like playing the victim and everything yeah because mm-hmm. like i feel like that is you know you can be the victim of something but then the real defining moments are when you overcome it and you know despite all the pain and all you know all that you're you're still there and you're still alive which is you know the villains like they've gone mm-hmm. through some some heavy stuff clearly right. and <laughs> they're still thriving yeah, <laughs> right. to a certain degree. Obviously, you know, they make some bad but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also think it, it like, it brings up the difference between um, being defined by versus mm-hmm. being shaped by, you know, where it's it, like yeah. something bad happening to you, not being like your identity, but it yeah. uh, sort of creating a character that defines its own identity. Uh, yeah. which I think is another sort of ele- like villainous element um, that yeah. is definitely not present in princesses, <laughs> at least not in Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> Little did my parents know when they were making me watch these movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen Soul? The... I have not. My friends brought it up last night and I was like, no. <gasps> I can't stop talking about it. It's so good. It's, it's like. Good. It talks about like the flow state and it's basically just like, where do souls come from? Where do they go when you die? Like, where are they born? And it just like, it's, I don't even remember why I brought this up other than the fact that it's just like, it's, it's a kid's movie, but it is most certainly not a kid's movie. It is a movie oh, about life yeah, and well, the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, ha- I'll have to watch that this month. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's really great. Yeah. Um, oh, you watched it too. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, on Julia's recommendation. Uh, <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> what they're talking about in that film is kind of like the flow state and that moment where the energy is right and you're just there and things are happening. You don't really feel like you're making choices. You feel like you just know. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a way to get into that state? Uh, that consistently works? Do you feel like you work well in that state? I think a lot of it is 
Because I, I love getting those perfect right place, right time moments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like when I was making work um, in school. So I think through my my drawings and, and calculations, I try to, in a way, force that to happen <laughs> a little more often. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> I like when things are exactly as I want them. And then um, my clients and friends will usually see me. <laughs> Like it, it kind of flows out. I'm like, I start giggling. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, she's happy. I'm like, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I but, forget who um, said it, uh, but somebody said to me, the the true artists are the artists that can make themselves laugh. Yeah. Which is like <laughs> so true. Like sometimes I'll listen back to something and you know, whatever it is, it'll make me laugh out of like, just like an energetic excitement. And I think that is like, if you can continue to make yourself laugh out of what you make, that is the key to keep going. There, there's a whole like content, warm feeling. Like, yeah. and like catharsis, obviously, but just like, oh, I, I put myself out into this project and like mm. sitting so nicely in the mm-hmm. middle of my being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and you just like <laughs> chuckle about it, you know? Yeah. 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 The warm fuzzies. The warm fuzzies. Yep. <laughs> um do you think about your work existing in print or are there some like shoots where you think about it as a, a printed final form or um is it mostly to exist digitally? Um right now the work I'm making mostly digitally, but um I have had my work in print um like sold to people and then sometimes uh well so i have a lot of the stuff i made at master <laughs> mm-hmm. um two main projects that um continue to sometimes be in gallery shows um cool. and printed on 24 by 36 which is like my favorite size it's, it's so large size. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so good um but i they i think they show very different sides of me um I do have a personal project going on that I want specifically to be in print. Um, mm-hmm. I refuse to show it on digital platforms until I've like had it physical, yep. tangible. Yep. I've like, right. <laughs> <That's what? laughs> right. yeah, cold through. I got rid of the images I don't want and sequenced it. Um, yeah. So I, I have to operate in that like hundred percent artistic brain for those projects. Mm. Um, yeah. Different, different mental states. <laughs> mm. So there's a difference in um, there's a difference in the process when you feel like you're making something physical. Yeah, because um, I I have to be wary that people don't always want a huge spooky portrait of somebody <laughs> in their living room, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. But yeah, I'll take all of them. Please. <laughs> but I have to put the spooky element into more fine art still life things that Mm -hmm. um that i create so it is more you know acceptable (laughs) Mm -hmm. um for someone to possibly stare at for a year or infinity (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah i mean sometimes people still ask for for prints of spooky faces i'm like yes (laughs) warm fuzzy feeling is there again i feel seen Do you feel that you've been able to find a balance between uh, your professional work and your personal work? 
Does that exist for you? It's so hard. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys feel this on a mm-hmm. um, deep level oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because as artists, I think to a certain degree, we do get overconfident sometimes like, yeah, I can do all these things. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, things are a little, a little much, too much of a bummer right now. I'm not very inspired. I'm reaching, right. you know, a block artist block. Mm. Um, so like there's that element and then like trying to balance clients and deadlines. So like that as on the calendar plus like, artists up and downs and then Mm. factor in like your creative process of like how to reach from start to finish right and all the bumps that that you hit between it right Mm -hmm. um so it's very difficult Mm -hmm. um i definitely go through waves of just consistent anxiety for three months (laughs) um especially and then there's the element of like holiday season or whatever and like Mm. Sometimes I'll only shoot cans and bottles for mm-hmm. for three weeks straight. I'm like, my brain is fried. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll be like making like a fried egg in the kitchen. It's like, oh, this is this is my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel you, egg. <laughs> I, re- I relate to inanimate objects sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, most of my plants are... I don't know how to take care of plants, but um, as a result, most of them are dying. And I <laughs> I still go to water my dead plants and I'm like, this <laughs> this is a metaphor for life. <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. Well, yeah. after this, we, we, can, we can have a talk about plants. I, I also run a secret plant blog. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that, that's like, that's, that is my one escape from photo. Like, I... Mm love and fully am immersed in photo all the time i take pictures on the street when i'm not working like but one place for me to completely detach and completely have a peaceful space where zero percent work photo brain is going Mm. is Mm -hmm. my plans (laughs) Mm -hmm. which i have about i think 40 something of them yes (laughs) and i'm i am in the process of learning how to clone them whoa yeah there's all these like powders and gels that you can do in specific ways to cut the roots and split them down the middle and whoa moisture yeah yeah <laughs> but oh, so you can definitely when... help me with plant problems <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um i think yeah i on my page I, f- I forgot what i wrote it was like i think i said it's my escape from the flashing studio lights mm. um they're always going to be growing and they're always or for the most part, <laughs> right. it depends who's in charge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but they they don't care about what's happening in the world. They don't care about what's happening to me. They're just like thriving in their environment. Um, or sometimes they die, but it's just like they ha- they have their independence, mm-hmm. and I can you know stop thinking completely about visuals because I can't quite control how this plant is going to grow. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. control how it's going to look. I can only do my best to nurture them and try to evaluate the soil and see what it needs. So it really breaks me down to like very fundamentals where I have calm space where I can't have control. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. awesome. That's... So that fits in with my life pretty well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I needed that. Sometimes I'm just surrounded by dirt 
<laughs> after <laughs> after a photo shoot, I'm just like, they're like, oh, I want to come out for drinks. I'm like, I need I need to do this. <laughs> I, need to, yeah. I need to roll Sorry. around in the dark. Just let me play with my plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think we all need like a detach right. from our craft. Like, I don't know right. if you guys have any. <laughs> um, it's hard. That you guys want to speak on. But <laughs> uh, there, for me, it's like, I really enjoy looking at other people's art when I'm feeling mm-hmm. stuck and like yeah. I feel like there's always that little thing that I need to kind of like kick me out of writer's block or kick me out of a mm-hmm. creative block and a lot of it for me is like like film or looking at photos or yeah. people's paintings things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. never been good with plants perhaps it was <laughs> like touring too much I would come back and they would just be dead because you, know, <laughs> you can never trust your roommate with a plant you know what I mean <laughs> Is that what you go to to kind of pass through the creative blocks? Yep. Um, yeah. I have my, yeah, my plants and then archery. Archery. Um, yeah. So it's two things that, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you should always like keep trying and digging for one thing, but there's a certain time where you have to cut your losses and say, hey, I'm going to take a few days and not think about this. Maybe I'll have a different perspective afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So those two things are what just simplifies my brain. So Mm -hmm. I have a blank slate the next time I do think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's very important because it's so easy for us, especially like photo, music, painting, like that to be so fully immersed in your art all the time. And sometimes you're eating food and you're eating dinner and you're still thinking about your project. Yeah. And it's hard to let that go for a second. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about the guilt that comes with, you know, taking a day off or not creating Mm -hmm. for a little bit and how difficult that is to navigate for a creative person. Like to me, Mm -hmm. if I like yesterday, I didn't do shit. I did nothing music related. And the whole day I was just like upset with myself. (laughs) But I knew if I started, I wouldn't like anything that came out. Mm -hmm. But even so, I'm sitting there grinding on myself because it's like, you know, you have time. Make something like quit, Mm -hmm. quit screwing around, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's both a dream and a nightmare to have your work be so intertwined with your life because it's like I get to to draw inspiration from things that I just think and feel and like your the way that you live informs the way that you make and vice versa. But it's also really hard to get away from. And so like when it does start to feel like work, it's really good to have those things that are implemented uh, to definitely not be work where it's like you've decided like plants and archery are just not going to be work. Um, Which is really hard to separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then, then it started off being a plant blog, and now I just take pictures of my plants. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I don't always succeed in this. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I can't I can't do anything halfway, even if it's something that's like, oh, I just do this for fun. It's like, I have to do it a thousand percent. I think that's just, <laughs> when you're a creative person and, and you, uh, that's kind of, what you define yourself as in your life, then anything that you do has that same kind of extreme energy put into it. It's mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Did you have to create yeah. that boundary between like work and like plants and archery, or did it just naturally happen where like it like work just doesn't go there? Um, I had to create the boundary um, mm. because I I've kind of lived through most of my life um, with clinical depression. 
Um, so when I get too driven on one thing, um, I, I turn into like a one track mind and, you know, and not being able to succeed or getting what I envision does make me sad. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, then it affects like my, my actual life, which is I I don't get hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, And like back in the day, I was just like not showering for like a day or two. And then just like my hair is all gross. Um, and just like not eating, not going to the bathroom. I'm just like, okay, this is not a way for me to live. Um, right. So like, you know, with your craft and then also, you know, if you have a mental illness, it's that you have to factor in, okay, so I can't live the rest of my life like this. How mm-hmm. do I create, you know, nets for and preventative measures and tools for me to like live a realistic life and Mm -hmm. keep your mental health in check. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, at a certain point in my life, many years ago, I was just overwhelmed and nothing I did was non-photo. And I was very, very depressed and having a, a regular sleep schedule and unable to separate it whatsoever. And that takes a toll because you know, your <laughs> the track of your your mind just keeps going going lower, right. and then that influence is like you you can't stay inspired, and because right. you're yeah. tired and famished. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So I recent years started going to therapy. Um. After my ex boyfriend tried to make me go for many 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 years. <laughs> um. Finally, and it was like when I told him I was going, he's like, now now you go. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get there on your own you know better late than never um but i think that is very important which has helped me realize hey i need time to completely shut down and not like overthink my projects not overthink Mm. my career and not over worry about my career because like we all gotta pay rent (laughs) yeah so um it was it was a necessity it was forced but i love it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and yeah, it, it. I think it's so important for artists to have separation. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything uh, in the near future that you're very excited about? A project coming up or professional work coming up? Um, I just for my birthday, which was recently, um, I made some made some new goals, which I told you about the video stuff. So I bought a second camera Mm -hmm. um which is has like 4k video um so like in perspective like a lot of movies are shot on 2k and this is like (laughs) (laughs) times two yeah yeah and like a crazy stabilizer and all that so like my new goals and new projects is going to be that enforcing the challenge of like okay this is this hasn't really been something i've Mm. done Mm -hmm. fully before Mm -hmm. and you know, having my knowledge now through working at a studio and so immersed in the commercial world and like reaching back to my fine art fundamentals, like mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to to mesh that fully and yeah. just like that's extremely <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Film yeah. is like I I'm excited to see what happens. I will be yeah. following along. That's that's yeah. very cool. Are you looking to like make a, a full length movie or um, what? It, uh, what kind of film? Um, I think it's 
it's realistic for me to set like small goals at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm, I want to do either short fashion films or um, some of my musician friends. I'll probably email them in the next month to be like, hey, I'm going to experiment with video. I will do this pro bono. Please let me, please let Shit. me do it. <laughs> yeah. So probably short artsy things and music video stuff and then who knows maybe in 20 years i'll be <laughs> i'll be making making films or something or That's maybe right. i'll be retired on a farm <laughs> yeah something will happen mm-hmm. wherever the wind goes. That's the 40 percent of me winging it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to think if i have any questions but i like i feel like we covered a lot uh mm-hmm. yeah we did yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I haven't talked about a, a lot of this in, in a while, so this is very nice. Like, I'm so awesome. glad. Like, like, awesome. Bringing back the past, the present, and the future. Like, yeah, yeah. I've, with also two in. artists that that know <laughs> what, right. what all these feelings are. Right, it's a lot of feelings. <laughs> it's, a lot of feelings. It's, it's all the feelings all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah, yeah. And trying to figure out a way to balance them. I think that's like <laughs> the life of an artist. It's like okay, I'm feeling everything today. Which one do I mm-hmm. want to focus on, and how do I? <laughs> and what does how do that I navigate look like? That? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I've uh, I've really enjoyed like following your work, even since like mass art, because um, like Crystal and I were both in illustration, and so I I got to to follow some of your work as she was a part of it, and it was really exciting oh. to uh, <laughs> to watch you. you grow to to where you are now, which is incredible, and um, you know you're you're making really Thank insane you so work. So big fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we we always wrap up these chats with uh, asking for three artists to for other people to look at, or people that might want to talk to us, or just people to spread the love to. So, uh, who you got? I gotta say four. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Um. So, and all of these are mass art peers. Um, oh, cool! I love them so much, and you know, I'm luckily been able to be friends with them and like follow their work through um like their developmental period and like mm. from then till now mm-hmm. um first one is is jordan Pantadozzi. Yep. um she is a brilliant maximalist painter yep. and illustrator mm-hmm. um now she's you know putting that into clothing which is really cool because you see how how she fits it on the form and like mm-hmm. you know it looks beautiful on all different body types and like all these patterns and yeah, just, just beautiful. And the other is Erin Robertson. Um, she is the most colorful, talented designer. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and them two gave me a, a lot of different perspective um, on this kind of, kind of dark, somber world sometimes that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I worked on some of my first fashion projects with them, cool. um, which I was like, okay, there's, there's artsy dark stuff, but there's also like, you can slap in color and like still convey mm-hmm. mood. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they were very pivotal. And Eleanor um, Arbor, she is a contemporary sculptor. Um, that I met through friends and, um, yeah, she's, she's worked in a lot of mediums, but now recently 
her style has, you know, is incorporating a lot of body parts, um, but in kind of like a rugged, like, ah, actually I'm wearing one of her her art on my sweatshirt. Oh, (laughs) awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Repping it. Um, yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And I think she, she conveys a lot of her personal experiences with her body. Um, like having it change shapes and boobs and like, you know, that's mm-hmm. cool. mm-hmm. why we love boobs. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but there's uh yeah, she's, she's brilliant. And then crystal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love crystal. <laughs> oh, we love crystal. <laughs> um, yeah, she's just multi-talented, multifaceted musician, illustrator. Um, and you, you can tell she's like classically trained, but also has, gotten to a part of her career and her style where it's you know she creates these similar similar to me like to create like a fancy fantasy world um with like all these characters with you know you wonder like what they're thinking Mm -hmm. and you know all the details like in the spaces that she creates like like wonky picture frames and like snakes coming out of under a bed (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah just to paint a picture of what is different and maybe what we've uh, experience and reality and mm-hmm. that's a beautiful escape which she mm-hmm. also does in music um yeah yeah very cool so those, are, those are my four crystal Reza. cool yeah these these four are <laughs> awesome the, my my picks <laughs> well shit thank you so much this was really great yeah thank you so much um yeah. this was very fun and yeah. a nice art rabbit hole with fellow <laughs> artists <laughs> yeah totally yeah. thanks totally. for taking the time Thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of the Seedcast featuring photographer and consultant Stephanie Chang. For more information about our show and our guests, both previous and upcoming, please follow us at the Seedcast on Instagram or email us at casttheseed at gmail.com. Coming up next week, we sit down with musician Ari Sadowitz. Stay tuned in. Stay tuned in.